This is Scott Becker with the Becker Private Equity Podcast. Today we get to visit with business founder, engineer, brilliant consultant, Liz Hudson, founder of EG8. She's going to talk to us about this elusive subject, but important subject of work-life balance. Liz, talk to us about how you think about work-life balance. Do you think about it daily in daily chunks, weekly chunks, yearly chunks? How do you sort of look at work-life balance, and how do you sort of define it and think about it? Yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, this I think this is such a hard topic, um, and I think you know it's it's one of those things that all of us are constantly chasing. How do I think of that? You know, I think of it as a certainly a, a lifetime of work-life balance, but I also think that there are seasons that we go through um, where sometimes work is a little bit more dominant, and sometimes life is a little bit more dominant. Um, you know, I, I feel like I get this question a lot with people that I mentor, particularly women, working women, working moms. Um, you know, is it really possible to have that perfect work-life balance where you're 100% on at work and 100% on at home? I, and, you know, as much as I've tried to chase that, I feel like I keep coming up short. And I think the answer is because I'm one person, I'm 100% of one person. And so trying to be 100% for work and 100% for home, when you add that up, that's 200%. The math doesn't work out that you could actually do that. So I think it's an unrealistic goal. So, um, you know, trying to find that delicate balance between two incredibly important forces in our lives, I think it's daily challenged. Um, so, but take a moment on this. How, we all know that if you're Building a business, building a practice as you did, there are going to be periods of time where life is out of balance. How do you sort of view that where you're doing good enough in these aspects of your life, you're trying to excel here to get things going in the right direction, and unfortunately, a lot of business requires constant energy to make pivots, to see things, to play through, to engage, but 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 we but it also goes up and down where you know, it's, it's a new client, you're building a new business, it's going to be a peak, but then you try and come back to balance. But how do you breathe through those periods of time where life feels a little bit out of balance? Or how do you think about those times? Yeah, I, you know, and I think we, I, I think that's right. I think, you know, when we're in status quo, that's, that's one way of thinking of things and finding those boundaries. And we can talk about some specifics on that. But in those times that you just described, where there's there's an effort or there's a force at work, let's say, that requires extra focus, time, energy, you know, to, to push through that, right? You're starting a business, you brought on a new client, you've got a, uh, a new project um, that, you know, is, is pretty intense, maybe takes a lot of travel, maybe takes, you know, you're working with, uh, you know, a country that's around the world. So your times that you're working are a little bit wonky uh, from your normal, say, eight to five um, ideal schedule. Um, I think it's important to just name that that's the phase that you're in. That's the phase that you're in right now and go, that's okay, right? So things are going to be a little bit shifted outside of my status quo kind of a balance and name that for a period of time, I'm going to push really hard for this thing that is work. Now, the flip of that is there are going to be times that at home or in our personal life that certain things need extra attention and effort. And I think we have to name those times as well and say, 
that's where I need to focus my time and attention. And that is okay. Um, because again, those times aren't going to be forever, neither in work nor in play. Um, but we have to name those things and say, I'm going to shift my attention there. And so work is going to take a little bit more dominance right now than, than um, personal. And other times personal is going to take a little more dominance than work. But I think if we kill ourselves trying to hit it on both fronts, I think we're going to kill ourselves in the process. Well, so a lot of it is just being aware of it and then really yeah. being observant if it starts to get out of control for too long a period of time. Yes. I, I've always sort of measured myself sort of in a very shorthand fashion of, you know, there's some capacity of busyness from 80% to about 110, 120 that works for me. Anytime I get past, let's say, 10, 20% busier than I should be, things start to spin in the wrong direction. I don't feel as control them. Anytime I'm less than 80% busy, I, I sort of get down or worried or anxious or a little bit, yeah. oh, my God, am I doing the right thing? And, and yeah. trying to get that right balance, everybody has a different barometer of how they look at these things. How do you look at these things in terms of how you balance how busy versus not busy? And obviously understanding that there's going to be times where it goes up and down, but how do you look at those things? Yeah, you know, what you said, Scott, there really resonates with me. Um, when I'm outside of that, you know, kind of sweet spot of, not comfortable, but slightly uncomfortable, but not beyond what's you know, just out of control, right? You've got the roller coaster ride without a seatbelt on, right? That's not great. But at the same time, when I'm bored or when I have idle hands, things aren't great for me either, right? I, I start to get a little antsy. I start to get a little, um, you know, just just start to spin a little. And, and I, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you and I talk a lot about goal setting um, and, and trying to find that right balance and trying to be planful, you know, through a year, but also monthly, weekly, daily, you know, what, what that's going to look like. I think that planning process is a really instrumental part of how we, how we get after that, to hit that right balance. And, you know, when we hit that past call at 120%, like you say, um, you know, again, naming those things and go, how long is this going to last? And is that sustainable? The answer most of the time is no. Um, so I think in those times, we do really need to be conscious of it, name it, and then go, what are some things that I can do to delegate some of this? Or what are some things that I must say no to, um, just to find some semblance of balance? Um, and again, both for your own personal health, your personal sanity, um, but but importantly for the people that are around you, be it your family, be it your friends, be it your coworkers. When you're when you're out of control like that, you're not doing anyone any favors. You're not giving your best at what you're doing, but you're also not also not being the best for the people that you're with. Um, they sense that intensity, they sense that stress, and you're not a pleasant person to be around. Um, so I think I think we just need to find when we hit those spots and we get into that red zone um, that is too far out, you can't last there for very long. So I think finding ways to decrease that. But at the same time, when you're excessively green, <laughs> when you have too much um, uh, on your hands, I think that's when you come back to your goal list and go, what can I add to my plate to, to find a nice balance? Talking about saying no and what to abandon, how do you assess what you might abandon, what you're going to say no to. Yeah. Um, I, I always think that that comes back to goal setting. You know, what were the things that I set out to achieve this year? You know, what are, what are the things that are going to help me, my organization, my family, my personal goals? What are the things that I set out to do this year? And so then when we're looking at those things uh, on a, you know, 
item by item basis. And I think it's good to name those things, kind of bullet them out, write them out and go, what are the things that are furthering those goals? And what are the things that are, are detracting from them? And some of those things is painful. It's painful to let those go because maybe you just have a, it's, it's kind of a pet project or it's something that, you know, is, is kind of fun. Um, or, or maybe it's something that, you know, you would feel bad having to come back to that person that you said, I want to do this for you, but you can't any longer. I think those are hard conversations. Um, and though I think for everyone's benefit, primarily yourself, um, but also everybody around you, I think it's a really healthy thing. And I think it's actually something that people respect a great deal when, when, when you're naming that and saying, I'm just not in a healthy place right now. I'm not going to be able to give my best to you. I'm going to have to say no or not right now. Not right now is okay too to say, I'm going to come back to this three months from now, six months from now. Um, I just can't pull this off with excellence right now. Thank you very, very much. And in terms of the flip side of that, looking at what to abandon, what to get rid of, what to say no to. And you're right. There's always complications with it, whether it's telling friends, I just can't do this trip at this point because I've got this much going on, or I can't do this for that person you want me to do it for because I just can't do it. It's just, there's capacity constraints on all of us and trying to figure this out. And then the flip side is, what do you decide to say yes to? How do you, mm. how do you look at that barometer? It's okay. What am I always saying yes to? Yeah. Yeah. I think the things that, I find myself saying yes to line up with those goals. They line up with my short term, my long term. What are the things that I'm great at? What are the things that bring me joy? Um, what are the things that enable um, growth, uh, both for myself and my organization? And, you know, when I'm thinking work kinds of things, it's, you know, what are the things that are beneficial for my clients that are going to help them grow, that there's a need for, um, and, and that I can help them grow as well. Um, when I think of personal, um, you know, family or, or health or things like that, I'm prioritizing the things that are, you know, keeping me healthy, both uh, mind and body. I'm, I'm prioritizing surely the things that are growing my kids and, and my relationship with my husband. Um, uh, and prioritizing, you know, even with friends, you know, I think we, we have tons and tons of friends. I find myself as I'm getting older, realizing I don't have as much time. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning into the, my close, close circle of friends and saying, I'm prioritizing that. And I want to invest there. And some of those other things I'm kind of loosely holding, um, and where I have time, you know, that, that adds to the schedule. Sometimes when I don't, I I'm declining those things. And, and then, you know, having that space, having that, um, that, uh, place for fresh air, right. To, to breathe into ideas and rest and, you know, good health, I think is, is really helpful. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I do think you know, when we think about, um, you know, all of these things, just back to something that you and I talk about a lot is having that time and that space to name it, write it down and say, what is the most important? And a lot of times I actually will put something up on my wall to remind me of it. So whether it's a, a mantra, a phrase, a, a, a photo, a, a, like a vision board, something that daily reminds me of my focus, it helps me with my decision making because I've got a tangible something that I can kind of fixate on and help me with my boundaries in life, help me with my words and my actions um, um, to, to help me decide those things daily. Thank you very much. But this concept of having governing clarity of here are my big priorities makes it much easier to figure out what to say yes and what to say no to. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. 
Liz, where can people learn more about your consulting practice and what in the company you founded, EGH? Where can people learn more about Liz Hudson and EGH? Yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, so we have a website. It's uh, EGHLLC.net. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Elizabeth Hudson with a T-H-U-T-S-O-N. Um, and we'd be thrilled to uh, uh, talk with you, work with you, um, and just share anything that we can to help grow others and, uh, and learn from you as well. Liz, I want to thank you as always for joining us. Just a pleasure. And I always learn something and always keeps me inspired and thinking. So thank you so much for joining us again on the Becker Private Equity Podcast. Again, Liz Hudson, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Scott. Great times always with you. Thank you.